morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to another HRO Today educational podcast. I'm Elliot Clark, the CEO of HRO Today. We publish HRO Today Magazine, HRO Today EMEA Magazine, HRO Today APAC Magazine, and we're the producers of the HRO Today strategic forums held around the world, as well as several other topical conferences for HR professionals and HR leaders. We also manage the HRO Today Association. Today, we're going to talk to a specific part of the HRO Today audience, but many of the lessons and challenges for that audience are present in all parts of the marketplace. We're going to talk about middle market and its ability to compete for talent in today's global economy. The middle market challenges are unique, and so are some of the providers. We're joined again for his second appearance by Joshua Smith, who's the Senior Vice President for Advantage XPO. Now, Advantage XPO is a leading provider of RPO and MSP services. They're one of the most highly rated on the HRO Today Baker's Dozen in both RPO and MSP. Advantage XPO is a division of StaffMark Group, which is the North American arm of one of the top five workforce services organizations in the world. Josh Smith is an SVP, and he's responsible for the operations and management of Advantage XPO. He's been part of the StaffMark Group, or some of the predecessor organizations, for 16 years, working his way up through the organization. So he spent a lot of time with companies such as our listeners. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Thank you, Elliot. I appreciate the uh, the introduction and the welcome. So the mid-market has got some very unique challenges. Not only are they competing in this very competitive environment that we're in, and we'll get to, to all that in a minute, but they usually don't have the same brand identity, either with consumers or with professionals, that some of the Fortune 500 or Fortune 50 would, right? They're competing not only to convince people that, yes, we're a great place to work, but that we're a better place than Google, for example. So as an RPO and MSP provider that focuses on the mid-market, you've got to encounter all of these unique challenges. Now, what we hear from the mass media talk about the super competitive market for talent is that they're citing always these huge firms like Google. That's all they talk about. But the market is equally competitive for the mid-sized companies, and they usually don't have the budget or infrastructure for a large recruiting team. How can a mid-market firm make sure whether internally or through a provider relationship such as your firm, that they have the top flight recruiting talent that they need to compete in this current environment. Because we all know talent makes a difference. And to get talent, you've got to have the recruiting talent. How can they make sure that they do, Josh? That's a great question. So, you know, I think really whether your company is utilizing an in-house recruiting team or utilizing a recruiting partner, whether that be RPO or MSP for uh, your non-permanent or contingent workforce, there are a couple of things that should be done to ensure your company is able to compete in a competitive talent market. As you mentioned, Elliot, the mid-market is highly competitive. In fact, the mid-market, mid-sized companies are oftentimes competing with the larger players. They don't have all of the bells and whistles. They don't have all of the benefits and perks. And so they have to be even more diligent in their search for top talent in the market and how they elevate themselves in the eyes of potential candidates. And so there's a few things that I would say organizations need to look at. So, so first and foremost, and this is something that we see quite often, 
is the no one size fits all approach. And what I mean by that is it's, it's important to ensure that, that your recruiting organization has resources that are aligned to deliver based on the needs of the company. For example, are we looking at support roles or strategic roles? Do we have recruiters that specialize in each specific category, knowing that those candidates and that candidate process will differ? The days of the generalist recruiter that manages everything from hourly blue collar to white collar professional to leadership on both the permanent and contract front, those days are gone. The market has changed. And if this is the model of, of any of our listeners, I do believe it's time to look at change because ultimately that would not be sustainable. It's probably not sustainable now and probably will not be sustainable in the future. The second thing is to really know what is the, the fruit of your hiring efforts. So whether you're using an internal talent acquisition group or an external talent acquisition partner, it's important to understand how you're tracking and what results you're producing. And so oftentimes having metrics that include requisition coverage. So how many requisitions that are currently open in an organization have active candidates engaged in the process down to candidate funnel metrics. So what does the top end of your funnel look like? How many candidates are you driving into the platform? What are those conversion ratios from submittal to interview, from interview to offer and from offer to start? And then some of the basics that we see in TA, some of the kind of fundamental and foundational KPIs and measurements of time to fill and time to start. That's a very important process because whether you're investing in internal resources, or you're investing in an external partnership, it's important to know where those dollars are going. I think the third part is you really have to continue to evaluate your hiring requirements. And there is no one that's above the fray here, whether you're an enterprise organization in a Fortune 500, Fortune 100, Fortune 1000, or mid-market company you're competing for talent in a very hot labor market. And so if you're not constantly looking at the positions you recruit for, the pay and benefit structure offered for those positions, the job descriptions, including how you write the ads and where those jobs are posted and distributed to potential job seekers, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. I think recruiters need the ability to cast their net as far and wide as possible across a variety of channels in order to capture enough of a target audience. And then the question should always, that TA leaders and organizational leaders should always be asking, what are we doing to stay ahead of the competition? Again, because the mid-sized companies aren't just competing against mid-sized competitors, they're competing against everybody. So what are we doing to stay ahead of our local competition and of our global competition from a talent acquisition and attraction standpoint? And then the last thing here is to stay up to date on the latest hiring trends. And so our company, Advantage XPO, like many others, put out a hiring trends report every year that help companies prepare for their hiring strategies as they move into new fiscal years. And sometimes these trends seem to be very simple, like always be in a hiring mindset because everyone is. But many times, however, things like this get overlooked until someone reminds you of it. And so I think it's important to, to know what tools are available out there. If you'd like to have a copy of the 2020 hiring trends, you can visit AdvantageXPO.com and download it for free. But it's just a, an opportunity for hiring managers and organizational leaders to gain a better understanding of what's happening in today's complex hiring market. And this might be an opportunity to help them decide what they want to do in terms of their talent acquisition strategy for 2020. After all is said and done, really, you have to ask yourself, Elliot, did I increase stakeholder value? So by checking the box on one, two, three, and four, if you're not increasing stakeholder value, then you're not doing your job. But if you are, I would say continue doing the great work. If you feel like you're not increasing stakeholder value in the talent acquisition process, it may be time to look at what needs to change in the organization. 
Interesting. The, you know, part of it, I would think that a lot of the disciplines you talked about in terms of knowing your numbers, being in the right mindset, comes from, you know, really top flight or good recruiters, whether they be corporate or, or based in service organizations, have those disciplines as a sort of given, right? They know they've got to be looking at their funnel metrics. They know they've got to be looking at their pipelines. You know, how do you make sure whether, you know, you're internal or a firm such an advantage XPO that you really have the, the top recruiters? Because that's really where it all starts. If you don't have great recruiting teams, you're not going to have a great outcome. Absolutely. Not, you and I have been doing this long enough that you know that this is not an on-the-job training thing when you've got two and a half percent unemployment. Correct. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think to your point, at the end of the day, results are going to speak louder than anything else. And so are you driving a higher qualification of candidate through the process? Are you able to attract and retain top talent in your organization? Are your vacancies diminishing? Are your time to fill metrics reducing? And is your workforce dynamic improving? And I think that's really the telling factor in if these things are working or not. Uh, metrics are, are important, but if those metrics aren't producing quantifiable and valuable results and outcomes, then they're probably not the right metrics. Let's talk about one other thing that's a challenge for, particularly from an infrastructure perspective, for companies and a, and a huge risk. I've been reading recently, you know, this is sort of one of the number one concerns, and that's worker classification, the complexity of workforce planning, okay, and classification of workers and planning for an economy where the workforce is now changing. The demographic is a combination of permanent, contingent, so-called gig workers, and it's something that many firms need help with, and, and we're seeing a lot of questions to HRO today about worker classification. For a mid-sized company in this market, what should they expect from a service provider who can give this workforce planning piece, including the workforce classification, sort of that perspective of execution around the composition and the management of the workforce? You know, how can you help them rationalize what should be permanent, what should be contingent? What should be, you know, independent contractors? What should they expect from you guys as a service offering to help them rationalize this? That's a great question. And, you know, I'm going to start off with this statement. First off, not all workforce solutions providers are set up or have the knowledge to provide clients with a full complement of workforce options. There are times where you see contingent workforce providers that kind of eclipse into a broader total talent management infrastructure without the ability or the know-how on how to administer or deliver that. And so it's important, first and foremost, to know your current provider's limitations. To me, though, it all comes down to developing the right partnership with your service provider. And the way that that's done, and I think you would probably attest to this, when a company brings in a workforce solutions partner and allows them to become intimately involved in the inner workings of their business, this will foster the type of open discussion about business workforce needs that is going to be required to make those determinations. You know, that being said, it's, it's certainly reasonable for a company to expect the service provider to offer suggestions on best practice approach highlighting the key areas of focus within the talent ecosystem. So you mentioned gig workers or contingent workers, independent contractors and freelancers, permanent hires that they feel would be necessary to engage in order to ensure that the workforce strategy that is mutually defined by service provider and customer will be successful and capable to operate in concert with whatever client operational objectives they're looking to achieve. Once that strategy is determined, it's up to the partner to then work with the customer to ensure that they're set up to incorporate the selected services to meet compliance and workforce uh, management requirements. And so I think it, it really starts with that partnership, Elliot. You want to be linked arm in arm with uh, the provider that can make recommendations, understanding the needs of your business, 
because you're very right. Today's worker classification in today's market has a wide array of avenues and opportunities to procure talent. And so companies that are looking in one particular silo or another are missing a smorgasbord of talent out there that could be potentially available for their needs. And so I think that's a very, very good question and one that, that companies need to really look at with regard to how they're engaging talent and who they're partnering with to help drive that thought leadership and that expertise in those segments in those areas. Well, it's not a question I came up with. We're getting hit with it all the time, and we're hardly qualified to offer uh, advice, but it certainly seems that you are. And I think this is all, all, you know, very good advice to really have that partnership in place and to really understand and be able to rationalize what's the future of the business, how do we tie the workforce strategy into the business strategy, how do we make sure that the, whether internal HR or an external provider is aware of all those moving pieces and actually have a plan that you can begin to execute toward. You know, I can tell you our organization, we have about one-third permanent workers and then just the nature of the media space, we're two-thirds gig workers, okay, mm-hmm. and that is something that if you're a manufacturing plant, it's very different. It's almost all permanent. If you're an IT software development shop, it's probably significant percentage are gig workers nowadays. So companies need to plan for this. And I think you've given a, a great perspective on execution with it and some important questions on the competition in the mid-market. Josh, thanks so much for taking part in the podcast. We appreciate it. We're uh, size companies out there. We hope you found this useful. And, you know, once again, as I said, Josh's perspective as the Senior Vice President of Advantage XPO, they are a division of Staffmark Group, which is the North American arm of one of the top five workforce service companies in the world. And this company has a wealth of experience doing that kind of work. Thanks again. And we will welcome you to our next HRO Today podcast, which will be announced shortly. Thank you and have a great day.